Well, here we are continuing our, our uh, series of teachings on the seven sacraments. And so today, as I said, I'm going to talk about the sacrament of confirmation. In 1979, my parents brought me to St. Vincent's Church in Delax, which isn't you know, too far from here. Uh, and I was baptized. My inherited original sin was washed away. I received sanctifying grace, the presence of God in my soul. I became a Christian. I received the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that would help me to be responsive to God's guidance as I grew. In the following years, I did have some kind of a connection with the church, you know. As a kid at St. Vincent's, I uh, went to confession and received Jesus for the first time in Holy Communion. Before long, though, we stopped attending Mass. We went to various Lutheran churches. Fast forward then to a time after I finished college, and then I'm an adult. My faith, first given in baptism, seemed pretty dim. I wasn't even sure God existed. But I, by God's providence, was given a chance as an adult to learn about the Catholic faith again. And there I discovered its truth, its goody, its truth, goodness, and beauty. So in 2005, at the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck, I celebrated, or received, the Sacrament of Confirmation. Grandpa Brunel was my sponsor. I chose the confirmation name of St. Thomas Aquinas. And it was a small celebration with family in the side chapel. And afterwards, we went to my house for a meal, and, and then everybody went home. I went back to work the next day, and life seemed to return to normal. For a little while, it seemed like nothing was different. But God had done something there. Looking back after some years, I realized confirmation was the start of a big change. I found more ability to faithfully attend Mass, even on weekdays before I would go to work. I found more ability to pray daily. I was able to share the faith more readily. Of course, it was suggested then that I consider the priesthood, and somehow, unlike the guy, well, I still have my attachments, but unlike the guy in the gospel, I didn't totally walk away from Jesus. I found the courage to apply to the seminary, to sell my home, get rid of many, though not all, like Jesus says, of my possessions, was able to quit the job that I so enjoyed, and I trusted that God would guide me. I was ordained then, of course, to the priesthood in 2011. Now, you may have heard this story before. I know I've told it. But I tell it again to make a point. Looking back, there was a lukewarmness and confusion within me about God and about what he wanted in my life. The moment that I was confirmed while it wasn't an emotional or spectacular event to witness, it seems to have been a turning point. And that's why I say with some confidence that the sacrament of confirmation, it does something. Like all the seven sacraments, when we celebrate it, it has an effect. Through it, I believe, the Holy Spirit's gifts were strengthened within me so that I could have the courage to hear and to answer God's call. And that's what I hope will happen for all of us who have already been confirmed and for those who are now in our confirmation program. 
So today I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about the sacrament of confirmation. First of all, I'll talk about what the sacrament is. Secondly, where we see it in the Bible. Third, what does God do through the sacrament? And finally, practically, how do we celebrate it? So first, what is the sacrament of confirmation? Well, as the catechism says, baptism, the Eucharist, and the sacrament of confirmation together constitute the sacraments of Christian initiation, whose unity must be safeguarded. The reception of the sacrament of confirmation is necessary for the completion of baptismal grace. So, confirmation is one of the sacraments of Christian initiation that in a way completes baptism. We say that it does this by ascending of the Holy Spirit upon the one who is being confirmed. <clears throat> so now secondly, where, where do we see this in the Bible? Well, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, we receive the Holy Spirit as well as the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the first time at baptism. At confirmation, we again receive the Holy Spirit and his gifts. But this kind of leads us to ask, isn't baptism enough? Well, the lives of the apostles give us the answer to this. We read in John 20 that after Jesus' resurrection, his disciples were cowering behind locked doors. I mean, they had reason to be scared. They just crucified the guy they were following, and they were hunting down Christians. But then Jesus appeared, and it says he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit upon them. Breath and breathe by the word is a word, by the way, is a word related to spirit. Jesus breathed the spirit upon them, but they still kept to themselves. Their faith was still kind of an insular thing, an inward looking thing. This may be analogous to our baptism, our first reception of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. But more was promised. Right before Jesus then ascended to heaven after his resurrection, he promised his followers that he would send them, as he put it, the promise of the Father, referring to the Holy Spirit. And he told them that they should stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That clothing with power is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, on the day of Pentecost, that promise was fulfilled. The disciples were still kind of in hiding when suddenly it says a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributed and resting on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. See, before this, they were timid with their faith. But after, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, meaning, you probably learned this list back in catechism, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. These gifts, which they'd received earlier, were strengthened. St. Peter could suddenly then go out to preach to the large crowds that were there. No more hiding. 3,000 people who heard him preaching right then were baptized. This event, Pentecost, 
is often called the birthday of the Catholic Church, and it's analogous to the sacrament of confirmation. We see that the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples first for their own benefit, for their own personal spiritual growth. Then a second time, they were given the Holy Spirit to go out and to share the good news of Christ with the world. And they did. The Acts of the Apostles and tradition tell us that the apostles who were in the past so afraid to speak up, they suddenly found the courage to leave everything and to go to Rome, to go to all over Italy, to Rome, to India, to Turkey, to all over the known world to share the faith. Most of them eventually giving their lives rather than deny Jesus. They die as martyrs. And because of their courageous witness, the Catholic faith exploded across the world. Which leads me to the third point. What does this sacrament do? Say it does something. Well, what does it do? Well, I've kind of hinted at it, but when we receive confirmation, in short, we are empowered to live the faith more courageously and more effectively. Confirmation strengthens us to be soldiers in the kingdom of God and not just citizens. In more detail, the catechism tells us the effect of the sacrament of confirmation is the special outpouring of the Holy Spirit as once granted to the apostles in the day of Pentecost. Confirmation, and now it gives me a list, brings an increase and deepening of baptismal grace. It helps us to realize more deeply the reality that God is our Father. It unites us more firmly to Christ. It increases the gifts of the Holy Spirit in us. It renders our bond with the church more perfect. And I really like this last one. It gives us a special strength of the Holy Spirit to spread and defend the faith by word and action as true witnesses of Christ to confess the name of Christ boldly and never be ashamed of the cross. <laughs> I mean, think of us. We're outside there, you know, like we're at a restaurant or something. Are we afraid to go like this and pray grace? We're a little nervous, right? Well, Holy Spirit, you can call upon these graces and never be ashamed of the cross. Unfortunately, I think people kind of think as, of confirmation as merely about confirming the choice our parents made for us to have us baptized. And it might be that to a degree, but we do that every Sunday when we say the creed, right? Before you're confirmed, if you come to Sunday Mass and you say the creed out loud with everyone else and you mean it, you've made the faith your own. Confirmation, too, is not just about becoming an adult in the church. And it is absolutely not a graduation from religious education programs or from attendance at Sunday Mass. No, it is none of those. It is a help, rather, to move from a faith that is focused on what God is doing in and for me to a faith wherein we allow God to use me to go out and change the world. It's a big deal. God changes the world for the better by using those of us who have received the sacrament of confirmation if we cooperate with him and let him. Okay, now finally, a few thoughts on how confirmation is then celebrated in our church. 
I want to mention that it's not necessary to have a long period of education before confirmation. In the Eastern Catholic churches, for example, all three of the sacraments of Christian initiation, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, they are celebrated for infants simultaneously. In the Diocese of Fargo, confirmation happens in the third grade. This just shows us that God's grace can flow through the sacrament even if the person doesn't fully understand it. So the point is, we don't earn the sacrament by work, by taking classes. So there is a risk, I think, of, of confirming kids too late. You know, we, If we really believe, as our faith teaches, that sacraments work, that they do something, that they give us grace, well, we would want our kids to have access to those graces sooner, certainly rather... Uh, earlier in, in, in their high school career. I mean, think of all the challenges kids have in school, in high school. Don't we want them to have God's grace and help? So here in our diocese, as I mentioned, it's different in different places in the world. In our diocese, under normal circumstances, confirmation happens at the latest by the spring semester of a person's sophomore year in high school. Now at that age, it is fitting to teach them about the sacrament beforehand so they know what's going on. And so we do have classes. And I do really want the people to come to those classes. But they aren't essential for the sacrament to, to actually work. So don't think I mean that you don't have to come to class. <laughs> now normally, the bishop is the minister of confirmation, and that's why he comes out to all the parishes to be the one to celebrate it. And this reminds us of our connection to the apostles and to that day of Pentecost. Because Bishop Kagan, you might recall, he is a real successor to the apostles who received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Now, usually, confirmation takes place at Mass, following the homily and after a renewal of baptismal promises. person being confirmed comes up, confirmation sponsor will stand right behind them with their right hand on the confirmant's shoulder. A sponsor is meant to be a person who is agreeing to help them to live the Catholic faith going on in the years ahead, much like a godparent. In fact, ideally, a godparent would be your confirmation sponsor. Not necessarily, but that's a good suggestion. Then, um, the sacrament of confirmation is conferred in the Roman Catholic rite through the anointing with chrism on the forehead, which is done by laying on of one hand and through the words, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Chrism, by the way, is a holy oil that's been blessed by the bishop. Um, it symbolizes the action of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the way the bishop does this, if the he extends his right hand, puts his hand on the person's forehead, and with his thumb, he has that holy oil on his thumb. He says, in my case, Thomas, the name I chose for confirmation, Thomas, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. He makes the sign of the cross on their forehead. When the bishop does this, much like when the priest at the altar says, this is my body, God's grace works. The sacrament happens. 
And I should mention that anyone who has been baptized but not already confirmed and who's in a state of grace, they can and they should seek out the sacrament of confirmation. So, I mean, usually, as I say, that happens when we're kids. But if you know an adult who has missed out on confirmation, well, they should talk to me. We can get that grace for them through the sacrament. And if an adult has not been baptized and they want to become Catholic, they will go through classes to make sure they know what they're agreeing to and what they're expecting. And then they will receive baptism, confirmation, and First Holy Communion all at once, usually at the Easter Vigil. It's a great day when that happens. Confirmation is really, as I say, it's a fairly straightforward liturgical ceremony. Be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the essential part. But it has awesome effects in our lives if we let it. Through the sacrament, God will empower us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to not just live the faith for ourselves, but to go out and bring other people to Jesus. This has been my own personal experience, and I pray that it will be yours as well. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, may we all spread and defend the faith by word and action as true witnesses of Christ. May we confess the name of Christ boldly and never be ashamed of the cross. Amen.